This episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice is brought to you by our incredible patrons, patrons like Semblos and Guy White. If you want to help us keep making the show like they do, you can visit pitchdrop.cash and contribute as little as a buck a month. We really appreciate it. It's okay if you do a buck. It's way better if you do more. You're listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, the JRPG Games Club podcast that actually isn't that long this week, but we're making you salt tilt mazes to hear the whole thing. <laughs> this is Season 8, Episode 14, covering the red, green, and blue orb mini dungeons and Abel's arc. More like Abelist's arc after all that. In Xenosaga <laughs> Episode 3, I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and my pronouns are he, him, and with me today is... Sybil Arnett, she, her. Ryan Beatty, they, them. Matt Marcus, he, him. Someone tell me what happened last episode. When we last left our heroes, they'd fought their way back onto the blood-stained Durandal, trying to stop Dmitry Yuryev from claiming the Zohar emulators as his own. Unfortunately, this plan failed like a motherfucker when Junior had to kill his sister, Citrine, and still failed to stop the steal afterwards to boot. The Durandal's death drive dove directly into Abel's Ark, powering up the ship into a penultimate dungeon form, and our crew, along with the very few survivors of the massacre, now remain on the Elsa, preparing to attack the Gnosis Giant. So, uh, you know, let's get the most important thing out of the way first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is crucial. You can finish Hackocks now. Matt, right. did you know you can just edit Hackock's chat out? It's like how I delete when you guys talk about the post-credit joke skits in Jujutsu Kaisen. You could just delete that from the podcast. <laughs> but you shouldn't. <laughs> so uh, it was uh, it was covered in more detail last episode, but now just go do it. Get get the rewards if you want or don't. Don't, or don't play don't it. Don't do it. It, it sucks. I don't play it. I did. Don't do I it. Did. The rewards, I finished it. The, the rewards aren't worth it. They're not. You don't need them to beat the game. Just don't do it. I, you definitely you know, do like, if you're doing post game stuff, though. Like having plus three boost cap is pretty fucking nice. But says the guy know, who doesn't yeah. use traps and therefore will never fill it. No, I've been using traps for the last like oh, five since, episodes since I yelled at you about it. <laughs> since I like forgot that they existed and realized, oh, yeah, they do exist. I should probably use those. They do exist. Exactly. Yeah, no, I went through both worlds five and six mm -hmm. uh, like in prep for this recording and like, oh, it's a it's a lot. I mean, a few of them are kind of fun, like when they get a little bit crazy, but a few of these are like really, really fucking finicky. Like there's one where a stunning endorsement. A few of these are kind of fun. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there, some of them are challenging and it's like you're trying to do some time management while also like pressing the right buttons and not like fucking yourself over. Like I think there's one called Traffic Stop in World 6. That's actually pretty fun. 
and like pretty challenging. But like some of them are just so fucking rough. Like there's one where you have to like basically stack four characters. It's called cross. You have to stack four characters together in order to get enough bonus to finish the level, because otherwise you just don't have enough stock. You know, you really have to do four at a time. And it just does not give you enough control to make that comfortable. And like and then also the physics are so fucking finicky. There's a lot of times where like you're trying to just launch somebody at a jump that's straight, but you waited just a half second too long and they turned slightly. And so you just shoot them right off the stage. So like there's this one level called it was like some kind of maze, like like mosquito maze or something where I just had to restart it a million times because I would just send Shion just off like like completely off the level trying to just do a straight jump with a single block. Here's the thing. If you need an all straight jump, you need to change the characters to Alan, Helmer, and Hammer. Okay, yeah. I guess, yeah, it does seem like the physics are different for different characters, which is an odd choice. No, I was making a joke about how they're the only confirmed heterosexuals. (laughs) Fuck. Except for that one. The pr- the problem with Hackox at the end of the day is that the two main mechanics are not like arranging the gimmicks and making your characters run. The two main mechanics are stress and waiting. Like yep. th- that's the majority of what you're doing is like being stressed out that you're not managing shit correctly and then waiting for things to happen. Yeah. And like I definitely hoist myself a lot by saying like, Oh, I just want this over. I'm just going to have like full run on as much as possible. And then it just makes everything harder. But it's because I don't want to take five minutes on a level. Instead, I'm trying to do like do it in three minutes. But then I keep fucking myself over in the process. I enjoyed Hackox for all of one world. And it wasn't the first world. It was like the third, if I remember correctly. And then everything before that world and after that world, I was miserable with. So I stopped. Yeah, but I definitely did it to get. I think it's called the Brave Heart, yep. right? The item. And yeah, that's been pretty nice. So as we head out, Chaos and Kanan will have a little chat in the hangar. Kanan asks Chaos if he ever wonders why he exists. Of course, Chaos has thought about this. And he instantly replies, well, I'd like to think I exist for the people around me, but it doesn't necessarily mean that those people will be happy. Kanan is like, yes, sometimes just existing can hurt others. Uh, Big fucking mood. (laughs) This is where Kanan curses that he now knows why he exists, because it is really fucking brutal. Like, oh, I was created to be a real big bad guy spy. Like, you know, I'm a talent scout for the Testaments is a really fucking brutal reason to exist for. And he's like, I'm a realian. The only one who can give me a reason to exist is the one who created me. Chaos. If only that had been you. Oh my god, the I wish you were my dad. Very <laughs> spicy in a Harlequin romance way. I love it. <laughs> the, this, the funny thing about the Well, for one thing, this is the entire bit of story we're covering on this episode. Like, that is <laughs> it. Which is very funny. But also, like, the acting... Cadence acting in the... At least the English dub is very good here. The problem is, this is the first real tie we've seen... Caden like emote in any significant way and it just feels like it comes out of nowhere <laughs> i don't know what are, what are y'all's thoughts on on Caden finally having feelings too late no buddy. i understand 
the the fact that he's been off screen for the vast majority of the game or silent or just occasionally tunes up an ES and then all of a sudden starts having problems because of all the things that Doctus told him about at the start of the game. It's like, mm-hmm. huh, well, this is emo. And all of his other characterization was, what, 10 years ago? Right. Uh, <laughs> over 100. No, I mean, I mean in the... Um... <laughs> oh, oh, right, the conflict. Yeah, 14. Yeah. yeah, but like to him, he's probably just found out about this like a couple days ago. Whereas, like, for us, we went through this whole other thing in the middle. or And for these characters. Kanan is an extreme victim of, I wish that there had, you know, if only there had been three other episodes. <laughs> if only there had been three episodes more chaos. <laughs> Don't worry, we're going to get some actual chaos resolution. Kanan less so. <laughs> All right, so... Momo performs calculations for the gate jump. If you, if you recall, they're trying to do a very short gate jump to get into Abel's Ark, uh, which Doctus provided the, uh, the program in order to uh, do this. So she activates the jump and Hammer panics immediately as they appear inside and nearly slam into a wall of these like massive organic shapes that look kind of like antibodies i mean they're gnosis right like they have to be some type of yeah gnosis i can't thing. wait to find out the lore of the antibodies in kingdom hearts 4 <laughs> boy oh my god kingdom hearts 4 body wars would be honest okay honestly though honestly though i could see fucking nomura getting to like the whills before uh george lucas gets to you know like mm-hmm. the 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 microscopic aliens that live that were going to be revealed to be what midichlorians actually were in george <laughs> lucas's dumbass treatment of seven eight and nine that was going uh-huh. to be like the micro the microscopic star wars what if i know that it's just a fucking dumb joke over here chris but what if we go inside Mickey's body in Kingdom Hearts 4 and the antibodies are like the Kingdom Hearts wills. That's anyway, that's all I'm saying. I want you to know that just because of that, I looked up, does Disney own society? And the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore since we've been saved from their perversions. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. See, I'm just thinking like, okay, is like, Roxas or whoever going to go into Sora's body and fix whatever it is that made his feet small. Roxas can't go into Sora's body because Roxas is Sora's body, you dickhead. <laughs> the Wicked Witch of the East, bro. You would need the okay, other Okay, Shion so Roxas is already inside. Roxas is already there inside of Sora. No, the other Shion would have to be the one who shunted Sora. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus christ <laughs> sorry that um it was a different different kind of society i i get yeah. it yeah yeah now you understand Incredible. what i meant yes this is what they we have a the realistic sora model we could do <laughs> we could do body horror sora oh my god bring back the does, feet <sighs> does disney own tetsuo the iron man i i feel no. like Chris out here being like, you got to give back Sora's feet. It's just like the vagina bones. That's right. That's right. They're they're stealing from us. <laughs> <sighs> but eventually, the Elsa 
Parks inside what may or may not be the bladder of this creature, given how everything is like a terrible brown yellow. And Makes sense since everything in this dungeon is going to be shit. <laughs> so the first section is essentially like a tutorial to this dungeon where you take the ESs and it's kind of like a teleporter maze. I guess it's a teleporter maze, but it's not very mazy. It's not mazy because they're color coded and everything is laid out in straight lines and they specifically make you do it in such an order that as you do the only one available to you, they show you what the next one is going to be. So it's like yeah. a teleporter maze, but only if you're an idiot who can't remember one color for the next five seconds. That's the red but one. Like the th this is the one where they're all identical. Right. They're oh. all, they start off all identical. But don't the they only go section. one place? Uh, no, there's a couple yes. of branches. There's a uh, treasure yeah, chest but, regularly. Yeah, but that's not a maze. You can't like get you can't waste it a fuck like, ton of time. It has like the it, it vibe has, of like, a maze. The vibe, yeah, exactly. What I was going to say. Yeah, it feels like they're trying to do that, but they thankfully they don't do a whole like, you know, it's not guesswork. The thing is annoying, though, if you pick the wrong crystal first and you have to just warp back and do another one, it's just a time waster. Uh, so that's the theme of the dungeon. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much so. Early on, there is an enemy named the Ashmed Bapuz, which I, I don't know where that that sounds like it's supposed to be Hebrew. I have no idea what it means, though. You bring in your but strong attackers and you bust that Bapuzzi. God mm, damn there it. You go. There you go. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, but don't let these back attack you because they come in groups of three and they have an incredibly brutal multi hit all target attack. and. You can just wipe to this if yeah. they like pummel you with it. The fight dynamics here are weird because everything dies in one hit. But like if you miss, you're going to get turbo fucked because these guys are like four times faster than you. You know, the yeah. funny thing about these guys, you know, when it comes to some of the mech enemies, some of them are tankier. But like the thing about the mech battles is they suck. You, you get your level two like aura or whatever and you just do a group attack and everything dies Love and that. if you're using if you're using traps you do that on turn one <laughs> and uh -huh. then everything dies and then you have two other characters full that you can then do the same thing yeah so it basically makes all of these just win buttons oh wow, no it cool feels robots. really cool yeah yeah it's very wow cool robot yeah yeah but I, I like i was surprised so far how little on foot there was here. Wait, can you use traps in a mech? That never occurred to me. Oh, yeah, you can use traps yeah. in a mech all the time. OK, now I want to find out if there's a place where you can put a trap as a mech and then get out and see what a mech scale trap looks like. Like um, uh, there, like well, in Xenosaga one where you could see the mech scale save point as a person and it was extremely goofy. Yeah, I don't think there's an area where you've been able to be mech and walking at the same time so you don't run into that scale thing uh the closest i can think of would be the central spire of the merkaba the elevator mm, yeah good point. oh the place i thought of is the last game because i was thinking of flooded milsha yeah Got it. yeah 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 and like the enormous treasure chests and shit that you just <laughs> kick <open>. maybe <laughs> maybe the bottom of the giant spire in the cave back on milsha mm -hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try it i'm gonna find out yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you should be on the lookout for one of these chests where you will get the 
EX skill key three. And I continue to ignore these because <laughs> I like, I mean, I pick them up and then I look at them and I go, I don't want any of this. And then well, I stop. <laughs> the skills are different on everybody. So yeah, like exactly. I have basically maxed out Momo's casting. I do not care about the last tier of it or the master skill. So now we're off to the physical attacker tree and the entire bottom section of EX skills is just a bunch of strength ups. It rocks. Right. But that's only that's only true for Momo, because I went looking for that. I, you know, this was the I guess we'll wait till party chat later. But yeah, that was something I was looking for. Like, where do I get cheap like stat ups? And Jin has a bunch, too. I, does he? Yeah, you can I buy mean, some strengths working... out of his EXs. OK, yeah, because I have not finished his route yet. He's very close, but he's also after we finish April's arc, I believe the secret shop opens up almost directly after, which just lets you buy skill points and <clears> stat <throat> points. That rocks. Oh, I, I gotta say, I like that there is one blue plate that you run into in the dungeon. The problem is it happens so early that I didn't need it yet. <laughs> so I, but it's I the like, room you return to over and over and over. Is it? Because yeah. I think when we were returned to it, I didn't see it there. The the one the room with the orbs. Yeah. Doesn't yeah, do it's, that. It's and then in you back the room up with one the screen, orbs. dude. Oh, it's like slightly off camera. They keep kicking you out into the orb room, which has a save point and a shop plate. No, it doesn't. The the orb room has just a save plate. It was like two rooms before that, like before the tilt room. No, it's it's definitely the orb room. Okay, because I was literally going back I go back and I save after every orb and I'm like, man, I wish I had more traps. And I didn't see any blue plates there. So maybe we're talking about two different rooms. I don't know. It's very hard, very easy to conflate the room with four massive orbs in it. <laughs> That's true. <sighs> At the bottom, you will be teleported to a new structure in which you can see the shattered, half-absorbed remnants of the Durandal above and around you. And past the Durandal's ruins, the party is confronted with a column of roots and veins. And inside... Junior can sense his father. Unfortunately, there's no way to get in. And Momo's like, hey, check this out, though. The Zohar emulators are in these uh, four orbs circling around the spire in the middle. And uh, check it out. These are all little mini dungeons. Have fun, asshole. You could do them in any order, but this week we're doing all of them but the yellow orb. And uh, again, if you're Matt, don't forget to use the orb room to restock and heal here. I did just open it up to check. Just saying. Like, I'm, I'm literally looking at it like <laughs> the playthrough right now. Like, where did I for forget this fucking thing? Yeah, it's it's right there in that screenshot. Anyway, you can do these in any order. I just wrote them down in the ones that I approached them. But some of these scenes will just occur in whichever one you do them first. So the first room in the blue orb immediately oh, okay. tells you to be fair to Matt. They start you up basically at the base of the ramp where the camera angle has turned and you're looking at it from the right. Oh, so you can't see the save point yeah. in the plate unless you go back towards the exit. And I had just say, and what I do is I, and fight you the save at the bottom. You, you save at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And I just never, I forgot that that was back there. <laughs> There's a reason I called it out in the notes that, Hey, use this hub room. Well, you know, to be fair, the notes are not <laughs> up until four hours before we record. Usually I would not look for them. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't look for the notes before I play anyway. Yeah, right. Well, there's a wiki for that before I play dot com. That's true. <laughs> I haven't looked at that in a minute. I look at that it's all the time. Good. Yeah, I haven't started a new game in a minute. 
Well, just who, whose fault is that? Now that you have uh, a computer with a good CPU, you should get into Dwarf Fortress, Matt. There should, should be I? one of those, but for people you date. Yeah, you should get it. Hmm. Let's. I'll, I'll teach you how to get into Dwarf Fortress. Let's play Dwarf Fortress, Matt. Uh, I'll think about it. It's it's fun. Oh, shit. There was one of those for people you date. Yeah, it was what? Facebook. Well, no, there was okay. There was a before I play dot com, but for men, so, uh, there was there. There was a <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Are you describing the game? Uh, no, 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 no. The opposite, <laughs> I know what they're talking kind about. Of. There was a social media app that was dedicated to it was, a, of course, a hetero ass cishet app because this was like 10 years ago. But women could before write we invented reviews gay people. Of... <laughs> <laughs> write, write women, reviews of what? Women could write reviews of their ex-boyfriends and people they hooked up with as so that like other women could oh search God. them to be like, oh, like, oh, yeah, good, good fun. Good, good, you know, good time. Clean bathroom or like ooh, <laughs> uh, sketchy or whatever. Um, <laughs> though, this oh, is... oh, a, a friend of mine actually got a review of clean bathroom on this app. Very, very funny. Yeah, that, that's literally the joke on No More Whoppers of can you review people on Yelp? Yeah, right. Yeah. No, it turns out that 10 years ago you could and then it collapsed because everyone, everyone was like, this is a terrible idea. In fact, it was basically the evolution of the old groupie website where you could talk about rock star dicks, how good a lay they were and if they were like abusive backstage, but just oh, applied God. to the yeah. majority of people. Mm hmm. Do you remember that one woman who would post micro reviews of different rappers' dicks? Yes, she was great. <laughs> but I've, I've, it's like this is, and I'm sorry if this is slander. This is maybe should we should cut this out. But I just the one that I will remember forever is just one word. It was nos, small, <laughs> and just the the simplicity of that. You know, it's like I don't like making short dick jokes. I, I, you know, I try to be above them. But really the, easy, kind of how short they are. The concise beauty, yeah, very good. The concise beauty of Nas, small, I will cherish forever. Nas will always be one of the most etherable men imaginable. That's yeah. That's <laughs> why his name is Little Nas, right? Let's go. No, the different. different, that's different. <laughs> is that a different guy? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yes. yes. Oh. Nas and Lil Nas X are completely different rappers. Well, Lil Nas X is clearly different. That's the nobody. It's fine. <laughs> Little Nas X is yeah very Kingdom Hearts actually I, I feel like that it would have been like Snacks All or something Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> you just reminded me of Dave Navarro's solo album thanks <laughs> I've got a video for that Live Boss the album <laughs> Anyhow, immediately inside the blue orb, the first room tells you this is going to be some bullshit when it begins whipping back and forth, tilting from left to right, hurling off your character if you don't compensate in your movements. This is the only one I like. I mean, it's funny how they've done these like kind of physics based rooms in this series like this. I mean, this isn't tilting on the same level of like the thing we did in... um. Oh, fuck. Like, back in the last game. But 
like between this and like the spinning room in the Merkaba, like very interesting that they decided to do this. Like they clearly have liked having physics in their JRPG, because if you remember that we had the roof in Xenosaga 2, right? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. And like there's a lot of effort just put into the way you interact with this roof and its angle. If more was done with this or if it was an occasional thing rather than we're turning everything to 100 right now. Yeah, this would probably be more of a curiosity than, boy, this is irritating. And like, to be honest, like if you don't want to get the treasure chest, this is a pretty easy thing. You just kind of run slanted a little bit and you're good. You should grab both of the chests in you here, though. Know. One yeah. is Decoder 14. The other is yep. the Sage's Ring, the second most potent of its kind in the game. Yeah, fucking rocks. Mm -hmm. Yep. Far and away, the worst portion of this room is the final little spine before the safe ground, which has an angle that's really deceptive and is very easy to slip off into the pit. Fall down at any point and you have to restart the room. It has no enemies. It's merely a time waster. But again, if you're going for those chests, it's very irritating, especially trying to actually hit the button and connect. You know, at the very least, in the second chest in the back of the room, there's walls. So like you can get once you get in that space, you're not going to fall off. But you still have to go back through like a thin area to go to the exit. Mm -hmm. The second room is the worst one. It is an invisible maze where tiles appear under you if you move in a valid direction, but you can't fall off. So it's just one of a million JRPG hump every wall until a path appears in visible mazes. The, the thing that sucks the most about it, though, is that it, it kind of screws up your like if you're using traps. Oh, yeah, because, that fucking sucks, bro. Yeah, because like you can't throw the trap onto a space where there's no, you know, there's no ground yet. And the way the aggro on these enemies are, it's so short that you don't often have time to either bait them backwards or just have them walk into a, an explosion. You just end up running into them and like you end up with a normal fight. So like I definitely burned like two or three traps trying to make this work. At least one of them comes out of a camera blind spot from memory. Yeah, it's real weird. I know it. like what they're going for is cool. I wonder if this is like a limitation thing, because, right, like what they're going for is the thing where the path makes itself in front of you as you walk. But they didn't do the in front of you part. Yeah. Mm hmm. There's a I mean, you first. Uh, I was going to say, well, I mean, Final Fantasy X did that. And I was like, oh, but the version that Final Fantasy X did also sucked in its own way. So never mind. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if 13.2 did something like this, but maybe I'm just thinking of the Denny menu. Denny's um, menu. Uh, one of the final anomalies. dungeon rooms was very close to this when you're yeah, climbing you're right, up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a really common thing in JRPGs. I can think of a couple of Enix games on the SNES that did it. Uh, Brain Lord, mm -hmm. for instance. But it's just in 2D viewed from above. It's a lot easier to just go tap, 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 tap on a tile and see if anything changes as opposed to this 3D one where there are multiple points where if you're just pushing forward, it's like, OK, I've hit the wall. Now I have to go back and hug the left wall. Now I have to go back and hug the right wall. Which of these is, oh, it's three squares back. Cool. Yep. Yeah, that's the other thing is that they're not like at the end of the pad. So you end up wasting more time. Uh, at the very least, I don't think there are any chests you can miss by 
not humping the right wall, right? This is just straight to the end. Segment address 13 containing the dragon's eye is in here and the coat Fuck. hardy is floating in the void with, uh, it's the second best armor for Junior. I missed both of those. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few things floating in here, actually. Yeah, they're like, oh, they're well, like off I... camera. You will never see them unless you're pushing every edge. That's can you imagine, so though? Hard. Like, can you imagine this dungeon puzzle mechanic in Xeno Gears where you could, like, fall off onto a lower level of this d- uh, invisible maze? Sure, I can, and that's why Xeno Gears fucking sucks. Yeah. Oh, God. It's easy can to you imagine go backwards? this. Yeah. Can you go backwards into these rooms? Oh, uh, yeah. mm, no, I oh, mean, um, after they're completed. I don't know. Not from the boss arena. I think you can go back to the first one. Okay. Oh, yeah, you can go back to orbs you've cleared, so you could just go back to the beginning. Yeah, you could return to these. They're not a lockout because the segment addresses. If you miss one, any segment address can be revisited. I would hope so. Yeah, because I'm definitely going to go grab that segment address. Yeah. The dragon's eye is real good, especially if you're trying to do rare item farming. Mm -hmm. Again, this is just a thing that happens in the first one of these dungeons, no matter what. You will be in a large colored pool with a trio of Zohar emulators flying overhead. Junior will investigate them and try to deactivate them, but suddenly they're all going to fire a beam and summon whoever the boss of that sphere is. And they're surprised by every time. Well, they only play the cutscene once, so it's just whichever one you appear at first. Mm. We're at Natus Lumenia. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, yeah, first thing you want to do is uh, get Dinah out of the battle if uh, it was in your party roster, because this boss has a big ol' beam resist. So given this elemental obviousness, if you want to trivialize the fight, just give everybody D beam protection. There's really not much to this fight. Halfway in, it will use Sniper to boost its attack power, and at that point, all of its attacks turn into the Mark II version, and sometimes it will combo off itself. The other thing is that it has an Enrage once you hit 25% health, and so you want to make sure to really get it down once you get there, because it could really fuck you up. You want to keep everybody basically over 10,000 health at all times. And if you can do that, it will be a pretty steady cakewalk. That way, you know, no one's going to get knocked out by some combos. Yeah, I died to this guy, actually, because I was like, oh, no big deal. And I had uh, Dida in there. And I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, you can't swap mechs unless someone dies, right? No, I'm pretty sure there's a button for that. Because I went looking for it in the menu. Usually there's a menu that says change, but it says there's charge, there's item, there's, you know, your skills or whatever. I didn't see change in there. So uh, I no, don't... You, you definitely can. But I think it might be under, like, a submenu once you're there. It's so weird. Because I went looking for it because I'm like, this is taking a long time and I'm not doing a lot of damage. And then it got into rage mode and then just one-shotted each mech from full health until I died because it just combos very, very hard at the end. And so I restarted it and just took one of them out. I took Zebulon out and I put in Asher and just crushed it. So it's very, very weird. For this entire dungeon, I bothered to figure out how the mech combat works and had a setup where I would do have like a 50% ambush chance where you get free attacks on basically every attack. Very mm-hmm. nice. Shout outs mm-hmm. to those dual assault rifles you can buy. Yeah, I guess it's also nice here 
that they have that plate because I can imagine when it comes to the loadouts to these mechs, like if you really wanted to play around with it more, you're like, like I had weapons on Jin that were fire, right? The, I forget the name of them, but they're mm-hmm. fire swords. And I could imagine, you know, against the fire guy, it wasn't so great. But I could imagine if I remembered that the plate was back there, I could have bought a different set of swords that was like similar strength, but a different element and like had a much better time. Although like Jin is so strong. Uh in this particular section like i just do like four heavens like five times in a row now because like the cool thing okay not the cool thing but like one of the nice things about this dungeon is that you get a lot of mech upgrades and there's a mech upgrade that like puts your energy up to like 990 and i put that on Jin and just went ham with him on every turn i could that is the Segment address locked generator that's hidden in the green orb. That is the yeah, most yeah. powerful one in the game. I put that yeah, on the Asher rules. because then you can get four of those double assault rifle shots and it basically guarantees a co-op and almost always an ambush and it makes all these fights go very fast. So justice and vindication for Matt. I've consulted the Xenosaga wiki and no, you cannot change characters during ES battles unless there is a death. And so you Mm. want to have the correctly configured battle party before you go in or else it will take forever. Yeah, that's what I told him. I was like, I don't think so. Just get let him die. Yeah, yeah. I'm wrong then. (laughs) It's such a weird choice. I mean, it's nice that they auto swap people in, uh, but it's Mm -hmm. also annoying that you can't revive anybody in a mech. So, I mean, it does make these mech fights, some of the longer ones, feel a little bit more desperate. Like, I've definitely finished a couple of these mech bosses with only uh, one character do left. Do you not have the guard heal booster where you healed like 30% of your health when you guard? Plus, it charges your anima pretty fast. I didn't realize it charged anima. That's interesting. Uh, I have it those. Is, I just don't yeah, have it's them. It's called equipped. charge. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like decharge or something. Yeah, decharge. It's one of the discs. Yeah. Well, the move yeah, is have... also called charge of the menu. Oh, yeah, I, n- I know of charge. I just never use it because I'm just attacking all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Using that on a boss is basically key to some of the more technical mech fights. Yeah, you can't you can't lose if you have a bunch of D charges and half guard damage on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna throw this yeah. out there. You should probably experiment with that a little, given that our final dungeon is going to be a gauntlet of other enemies and ESs. Good to know. Yeah, I have. The one that I wish I had a little bit more, well, I wish I could have backed out and like reset is like doing the ones that negate revenge and counter. Oh, those those are like, those are great. But I had revenge on everyone. And then I went to the one fight where we'll talk about later where you just get countered if you do a physical attack, which made Jin like basically useless. Well, you can trigger a counter off of a counter and then you could trigger a follow up off of that. So that's fine also to me. Well, the thing is, what happened when I fought that boss, every time I decided to try, hey, let me just do like one attack at the end, it would just every time hard counter. That's short counter only, though, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I was only using melee weapons on Jin. Yeah, more or less same. Like I had missiles, but I think everyone just has missiles as default, right? Like you have to select missiles. (laughs) Anyway, with Natus Lumen's defeat, the Zohar emulators all shatter into nothingness. Same. And Momo confirms. <laughs> Very relatable. So 
Mobile confirms that the spatial distortion is lessening without their power. And so we've got a new goal. Just destroy all of the emulators. So we're going to do this three more times. Yep. A uh, crystal appears in the middle of the room and we're teleported back to the core room where something in the structure ripples. And then we move on to the red orb. Hooray. I mean, you could do these in any order for the record. We're just doing it this way. Yeah, it's how I wrote my notes. I would have the same amount of enthusiasm no matter what orb we went into. <laughs> More or less. The red has the worst filter, if you ask me. Ugh. The red orb begins similar to the descent into Abel's arc with the teleporter crystals and the platforms attached to vertical structures. It does change up one floor in, though, that instead of the identical diamond model, they're suddenly um, color coded. And the goal in this dungeon is to enter the multicolored crystal teleporters that allow you to hit switches inside, creating paths on other ones. It's pretty fine. It's really basic. There's not cool treasure. There's like a good generator upgrade for one of your mechs, which is not that great because you get the super good one we were talking about in the green orb. And well, I mean, uh, you could just put that on a different mech. So you right. Plus 50 energy. On and this is going to become a shop item the second you're done anyway. No, a better yeah. one becomes a shop item, which makes oh. it even worse. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, so it's just useful for this one, yeah. Uh, yeah. one dungeon. G Legal 85 is a generator that only lasts in versatility until you're out of here. Because once the final shop update hits, second best generator in the game is a shop item. Yeah. Is it like 900 or 950? 900 or so. Yeah. Yeah. The boss in this orb is not even worth a strategy segment. It's a. Uh... Natus Flama, and it's Fire Elemental, and it uses some status effects. The only noteworthy one is F-Mine, which is a time bomb that deals major damage in four turns and deals soul down when it counters. And that's it. We kill it, we, the emulators are destroyed, and we leave. I, th I think this is the one that counters, yeah, like short counters all the time. No, that is green. Is it? Okay. Green I'll is the one that can start countering fucking everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention earlier in the note, so I'm just going to interject now. Every one of these bosses drops the second best ES armor in the game for one of the mechs. The actual strongest will just be sold in the final shop update shortly. So, hey, it, it's a pretty big jump, too. It's like almost double your health. Yeah. The ESs really get screwed over by the abbreviated nature of this game, especially in that we still have a full upgrade tier for these things coming. Yeah. Think about that. We're not even to Anima level three yet. Yeah, you just have to buy it all every dungeon because there's not enough ES content to use a thing for more than one dungeon. So it's just mm -hmm. basically a money tax every dungeon, which is why they flood you with money items the dungeon before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you get a lot of ether cores and stuff out of this, too. Like you get some decent items that you sell. Yeah, we're about at the point where the economy is just going to become if you want to put in a few minutes of grinding, do whatever you like with whoever you like.
So the green orb is the only one of the four that has any human enemies. Most of them are Gnosis and or mech combos, but Yuriev soldiers are patrolling this structure. Are they Gnosis? Because they are labeled as bio. Uh, there's definitely some Gnosis in a few of these. Because mm. there's uh, at yeah, least the they... intro and the bottom of the green orb have G types. Yeah. Oh, shout outs to those extra rooms at the bottom of each of these where the enemies there. There's just a ton of the fuck hard pods in every single one. Mm hmm. The premise of the green orb is there are big DNA like spires with an attackable crystal point on them. If you shoot one, it juggles the spire up a little from which it will slowly descend to its normal height. Surrounding all of these are an incredibly tall spiral walkway. The goal is to juggle the spires as high as possible, then race to the bottom where the teleport crystal contained within, usually dunked under the surface of these rooms, can be interacted with before it sinks again. Given how tight these pathways are, the only reliable way to hit them is to clear out the admittedly few enemies in each room before you make the attempt, then bump it as high as possible and run down without anything in your way. Is the worst thing I have done in a video game in a while. These are so long. Like yeah. the pads you have to spiral around get really, really, really long. And on top of that, because the areas are so narrow and you lose so much speed when you like bump a wall, you have to be like pretty precise on how you go around these. Just training it's, to be a Pokemon uh, speed rain, speed runner right now. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. the two that you have to do to progress are relatively kind. And the second one has one of the most generous timers in the game. I actually timed it. I had already cleared out the room doing the really hard one in there. So if you just go and do the required one and then go down when it's at full, you actually have to wait about a minute for it to drop into range <laughs> to be interacted with. Actually, it, it's funny because I thought for whatever reason... It's because you can do both at the same time. Exactly. That's why it's like that. That's what I that's what I did. I thought you had to do that. So yeah, I like barely made it on the fast one. Yeah. But then it's just you get you you open a thing, you get an item, you get uh, I believe it's segment address two, it says here. With the crazy generator, yeah. Yeah. And then you go back and yeah, I had to wait like a minute for the thing to get into targetable range for the other one. Yeah, it's I don't know. All of these are very very half baked mechanics. We made this in a week. Don't yeah, don't be bad at us, please. Yeah, God, I I I know I know how much had to be truncated. I know how much like budget cuts they were dealing with and time crunch and everything, but it just it bums me out. It's like why does why does every single entry in the Xenosaga series have to have one dungeon at least that acts as an anti-recommendation to play the game? Like it's it's Well just good news, bummer. there's still another one, and I don't expect it to be any better. <laughs> the next one's not as bad. It's also combined with a bunch of miniature dungeons so like here's the thing would you rather have i mean this is like doesn't really matter but like would you rather have a dungeon like this or something like was it like ormus stronghold in the last game where it was like it was a little bit more considered but it was definitely more of a slog because you're going through a lot of tough battles the ormus stronghold oh, for the tough battles also had the incredibly unpleasant thing of Here's a 30 minute timer to get out. 
Oh, yeah, and all the battles <laughs> respawned. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, like, you had the, the dudes that would just, like, pummel you to death if they got enough boost on them. Yep. Oof. I would always prefer a harder battle to a more boring dungeon just because that's, like, that's the meat of the game, right? Is, like, mm-hmm. the battle mechanics. Yeah. I mean, the battle mechanics in Xenosaga 2 were not good for the most or <laughs> they were good in theory but never mm-hmm. in practice and so you know yeah. the bat the hot the tough battles were slogs in themselves it definitely had game mechanics that you design when you don't never actually test your game mechanics and you just design <laughs> yeah. them all on paper front to back <laughs> real kawazu energy there <laughs> hey uh, look i love kawazu but he does seem to be allergic to testing his mechanics my man absolutely tests them. He just expects you to be a sort of uh, systems pervert. <laughs> right. Also, since we're going to talk about depressing things related to Xenosaga, hey, Soraya Saga is trying to find a job because she oh. had to put her career on hold for over a decade. So if anyone wants to reach out to her, she's looking. Yeah, for real. Any yeah, of the CEO listeners of our podcast we have? Look, <laughs> I don't give a shit. If she gets hired with fucking Square Enix again, that's great. Give her some work. Have her remaster some shit. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Make a fucking Radical Dreamers 2. Give them a Xenosaga fucking graphic novel. Who cares? Oh give her God. work. Yeah. She rules. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Please. Please. Mm-hmm. Justice for mm-hmm. Soraya Saga. You would think that her husband would be able to maybe hook her up with something, right? You'd think, but also, do you just want to be known as the nepotism hire? Right. That's, well, right. I know, but you don't, you, not to say like to the, to monolith saw, it'd be more like, hey, uh, you know, they have connections to people outside of their company. They'd be like, right. hey, if you're looking for somebody, I know somebody, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. A fair point. Good news. Discord has updated the light theme and they went light means light. Who uses the not light, light theme means on Discord? Who uses you got to check it out now. They updated it. It's just it's not it's not light as in. Oh, it's a lighter shade of gray. It's light as in. It's bright white. Get fucked from your imander. Why would I want that? <laughs> it's incredible. No, you don't want it, but you want to check it out and be go. Why would you do this? Yeah, I put in some screenshots recently. I think it was in Slack or something. And somebody's like, oh, like it's somebody with like a dark mode pervert here. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Dark mode is clearly better. Anyway, we're in a Zohar emulator room full of a piss pool, so. (laughs) Piss world redux. So this next boss is not as glossies or glockies if we're going full Latin. Mm -hmm. So not as means uh, born of, I think. And so we've got born of light, born of fire and born of ice at this point. So. (laughs) Hook your party uh, up boy, with. I called you a dork t- like a minute too early there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so fun fact, what they just said is basically the entire glossary entry for each of these, which is basically just <laughs> translating their shit. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Why even put that in there? Yeah, there are four different entries for these four different bosses. Why isn't this oh in German? God. Why is this in Latin? Oh, because we're, I mean, because we're into some, like, lesser key of Solomon shit where, you know, it's like some of the demon names are in Aramaic, some of them are in Latin, some of, you know. It's it's such a mishmash. Mm -hmm. Whatever's the coolest. Yeah. I mean, Latin is indeed cool. I will say that. (laughs) Huge, enormous disagree. (laughs) 
<laughs> Look, I took Latin for I, eight years. I'm very attached to it. I never thought I'm I would sorry. be on a podcast where a co-host said the phrase verbatim, I mean, Latin is indeed cool. <laughs> so, as the name suggests, this, this fight will be easier if you equip D-Ice for protection. A gigantic assist on this fight would also be getting as many D-Kill Cs on your mechs as you possibly can, since a lot of its moves involve countering your attacks. Okay, you know what? They should have called it Def Ice instead of D Ice because every time they have like D Ice or D Beam, it sounds like it comes from Metal Gear Solid. 5. Yeah, I know. I keep thinking of D Horse. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, are you not aware of that? You have D Horse and D Dog in no, Metal I, Gear Solid. 5? I had forgotten about all of that. No, I never played Five because I hated mm -hmm. uh, Ground Zeroes. You have a button in five where you say that you push when you're on your horse and then he goes, do it. And your horse poops. It's incredible. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. And it yeah, makes people stop and it. look at it. It's great. Yeah. 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 You can use it as a distraction tactic. Mm. Uh, what? But also, you have uh, like other than you the horse shit, stealth fam. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess all five like feels really fucking good to play. Mm -hmm. Okay. What? What do you... Check this out. You have horse stealth where you hang off the side of one of your horse <laughs> and then you have your horse walk by on the other side that you're not hanging on. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can like hide on the side of the earth on your horse. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid yeah. 5 is plays incredibly. Yeah, you should yeah. check it out. It, it, it is. It does Metal not Gear play Solid like a Metal Gear Solid game. No, no. it's a playground. It is. It has a, some philosophy in common with shit like Just Cause 2, 3 and 4 in all of the ways that it wants you to break it. It does also have one of the worst open worlds I've ever been in. Good Literally news. Literally nothing but desert. Good I news. Mean, it's Afghanistan, I dude. do actually have Metal Gear Solid 5. Huh. So I am installing it right you now. Smoke a, you smoke a cyber blunt to time travel. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, when this boss has taken 40% damage, it will begin casting Circle of Water, allowing it to counter when hit with ether attacks. So get it to 60 to 70% down, and it also brings in Circle of Iron, which gives it a counter for anything physical as well. Around 50%, uh, it has a boost skill, Inferno, uh, which is a weird attack for an ice boss to have. And Inferno gives it the same move as the others. All of its attacks get plus one rank. Despite this, the move that you want to watch out for, counters aside, is Absolute Seprio. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh. A massive ice spell on a single target. Eventually, the beast falls, and so do three more Zohar emulators. Hooray! <laughs> and that's our stopping point for the week, but we still have... D -d -d database entry of the week mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we're gonna start with we're gonna do two today right we're oh no do we're doing today. three four today <laughs> one for yeah, everybody really. hooray uh we're starting off with <sighs> database db 164 divide and rule measure oh is, is this verbatim do i just read this for yes these are these are from <laughs> okay, okay 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 a plan to subject the planet Abraxas to a divide-and-rule system at the hands of the Galaxy Federation and the Immigrant Fleet Nation. The immigrant two-state solution. Yes! <laughs> uh, the Immigrant Fleet appeared in the Mictum system in the TC-4500s and claimed sovereignty over the planet Abraxas, their holy land. 
A protracted conflict between the two groups started in the Mictum system not long after. In the TC-4600s, the territorial rights went to the immigrant fleet. However, when the moderate Julius the... Oh, God, that's 18th. Yes. Julius the 18th. Wasn't... You know you're moderate when you have an 18th in your name. <laughs> <laughs> he was installed as the immigrant fleet's patriarch. The immigrant fleet then began to accept the solution of a divided rule system for Abraxas. Even though the difference in their tactical prowess means the Galaxy Federation should have a formidable advantage, Federation leaders know that pressure has not gotten them far with the immigrant fleet, and they are recommending this alternative as well. A movement to convert the planet Abraxas over to a full divide and rule system was first seen at the pilgrimage meeting in TC 4667. Maybe one of the most unsubtle metaphors that someone has ever read to me. Mm -hmm. Yes, I gave it to Matt for a reason. I picked all of these for whoever was reading them. <laughs> Fair. Really glad they got rid of Netanyahu so they can install a moderate like Julius the 18th. I know, right? <laughs> Database 145, maintenance box. A, contain <laughs> a containment device that carries out maintenance on androids, realians, and cyborgs, as well as performs operational checks when they fail to start up. Service modules with nanotherapy functions can be used by humans as well as cyborgs and are useful for treating all sorts of maladies and injuries. Love to not go to the doctor and instead visit the maintenance box. Cosmos' mm -hmm. exclusive service module is elongated and painted black. It features a restraint called a binding eyebrows waggling <laughs> along with a movement capability. Hired maiden Cosmos is engraved on its hatch. <laughs> I didn't realize it, the Iron Maiden thing. That's very funny. The Galaxy Federation made the Gom Jabbar and went, but what if it fixes your shit? <laughs> mm -hmm. I like the implication that the thing Cosmos like hangs out in is called an Iron Maiden. Just Yeah. <laughs> no, she's the Iron lot. Maiden dip. She's the Iron Maiden dipshit. She's a robot. The, the, but the box is shaped like an Iron Maiden, like the torture mm -hmm. device. It's shaped like a coffin. Exactly. Do you Huge. know what an Iron Maiden looks like? It. Yes. Just saying, very coffin-like. But wait, there's one more. DB-143, central nervous system disorder. An affliction where the circuitry that perceives the outside world and demonstrates one's inner feelings is fragmented, making one unable to express emotions or speak. Thanks to the prevalence of the UMN, memories are now able to be shared as data. By overreacting to the emotions and memories recorded there, one loses the ability to express one's own feelings. Sakura suffered from this disease since birth, but it has also been known to develop spontaneously following excessive UMN access. It is Damn, would you post too hard and you become a psycho? It is certainly no exaggeration to say that the true consciousness of the victims of this disorder are floating through the cleft between the real world and imaginary space, that is, within the UMN. <laughs> This we gotta stand soccer in like... a fucking queen poster. <laughs> this it this feels like someone applying spooky sci-fi mythology to a very poor understanding of autism. Why yes! Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. That's exactly what this is. 
This is the uh, creepy pasta that gets made inside of the world of Ghost in the Shell. Fuck. <laughs> I, wa- I wanted to pick all of the most ludicrous ones that we didn't have a better place for that weren't spoilers this week. Yeah. Uh, I apologize so finally, in advance, Ryan. Oh, jeez. Fucking Christ. Um, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Database entry 141, Central Computer Pietra. The name of the mother frame installed in the Durandal. Junior has affectionately nicknamed it Mama. Pieta refers to any artwork depicting the Virgin Mary mourning over the dead body of Christ. <laughs> yep, doesn't mean passion. Right, oh, God, Please note this also means that we just saw Mama crucified this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta love it uh, see we all thought that like the Durando was shaped after a sword but apparently it was a cross this whole time yep go figure <laughs> that's it there's no exciting party chat that could happen this week because we're at basically at the end of the pass and just wrapping them up mm-hmm. well we just got the EX skill key 3 yeah, and yeah. Well, I haven't used any of it. I mean, the only interesting thing is... I bought is, a lot of strength nodes, and Momo still yeah. does 150 damage. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty far back. Yeah, no, I... The only interesting thing is that I finally got to the end of Cosmos's skill tree, and, like, I haven't used her new skill yet because I've been barely doing on-foot battles. But at the very least, I'm getting her a lot of cheap stats in the uh, the secondary path on there but that's really about about it i mean that and like you know playing around a little bit with the max oh 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 i did get valkyrie which fucking rock yes yeah valkyrie is just basically combining um like k pike levels of break plus a more powerful cannon mm, it's incredible is that like a, a late skill in the uh in the blocker in the tree blocker okay yeah because i just started blocker so it'll be uh i'll probably not finish it by the end of this game it's very oh, goofy very that the blocker move the blocker move tree has like some of the best attacks in the game in it so far mm. just like in terms of just i don't want to deal with this guy for several turns yeah like there's one i'm trying to remember one of the newer ones that's like labeled massive damage, like in the attacker side, it's like massive damage plus like crit to Gnosis. And like it can one shot even the tankier Gnosis in that this uh, area. It's pretty good. And then all the master skills are really boring. Mm. Do we have any closing thoughts on the component cables of Abel's Ark? <laughs> you know, the, I had like a shower thought yesterday just like thinking about oh this boy. game and i was like what why is telos in this game what is why like we haven't even i hadn't thought about her in a while like these things just keep coming in like oh yeah this was part of the game and it felt like it was barely there i assume telos is coming back right yeah so telos is one of the final bosses we're not going to get any closure on that until pretty near the end which i guess makes sense but the, the funny thing is just how much she's supposed to be a foil to what is essentially like well, a character again she would have been around for a lot longer in I a know. recurring boss i know 
Yeah, and I would have liked that. That would have been interesting if she like adapted and was more complicated every time you fought her or more challenging. But it's also just as a as a character, I just don't know what they were even trying to accomplish with her yet because they've barely had. Oh, you're going to find out, Bucko. I could tell you an insanely depressing Telos fact. (laughs) Okay. She has more character interaction and foil status with Cosmos and dialogue in the Project Cross Zone games than all of Xenosaga. That absolutely makes sense. There's like not a lot of room for her in this. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I gotta say, I mean, like, oops, all villains, right? I mean, like, also, like, being the foil to a character that's basically got the personality of a toaster, like, (laughs) it's just not much to work with. Like, let me remind you how many villains we have still on the table. <laughs> I know, Dis- it's so discounting many. Discounting Yuriev, who is clearly going to be in this dungeon. We have Voyager. We mm-hmm. have Kevin. We uh-huh. have Pelagri and Margulis. We Albedo. have Heinlein. We have Albedo. We have... <laughs> <laughs> we have Virgil, if we haven't cucked him too hard. No, he's gone. No, Virgil's dead. He's, he's done. We finished oh, is he dead? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I thought we just like emotionally him. devastated him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we finally knocked one off the board. And yet we're still got so many left. Yeah, we knocked one off oh, we the got board. That, we got that shitty kid also. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do also have Abel. You're correct. Mm. Oh, also Wilhelm is what I meant. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. And, and Wilhelm. <laughs> like the supposed like biggest one of all of them. <sighs> yeah. Also, like, is it like Richard and like the other dude still running around with? Oh, no, we already Richard. they're gone. Did we kill? Oh, right, they, we I, killed them. We did. Yeah, kill them. they were Pelagri's homies that had names, and they were Richard, and the other one was equally as bad. Yeah, <laughs> we finished them off on the Lost Continent. I'm pretty sure they're gone. Right. For totally forgot that we killed them. Like that's uh, how long ago it's been. I mean, they, they, we fought also... them multiple times. It's very funny. We <laughs> fought them more times than Telos. Yeah, that's, they were. Do you think that's true. They were the bigs and wedge of this franchise. Mm-hmm. Do you think Pellegrini ever called him Dick? No. Probably, but not for his name. <laughs> no. Word. Pellegrini too religious for that. I was going to say, <laughs> I think she's too uptight. She's the true believer. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything that you want to share with the listeners? Um, Boku no stop. There are two versions. There's the free version. I have Boku No Stopped. Yeah, Chris has Boku No Stopped officially. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I don't think the last episode. Uh, well, we had the bonus episodes coming out for. Yes, a they while, are coming but... out. But on the free feed, it's on pause and it's now Chris free. Right, because we're coming back with flip flappers with a, a new host. And it should be we, we've already recorded the first episode of that. And it was three hours long. And it's going to be split into two. And we're okay, retooling good. the end. And the recording text channel was very dire afterwards. <laughs> and we're going oh. to rejigger the entire format of how we do things for that this season. Yeah, it's uh there's a lot that you could go through. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if if you are curious about how absolutely insane the authors for Other Side Picnic and Last and First Idol are, like, read those fucking interviews we talk about on that. That they're absolutely insane. Very amusing. Aside from that, we just finished recording Jujutsu Kaisen, 
just about. I think we might. Oh, that rocked. We might do the movie. We might. Boo. But other than that, uh, we were going to then roll right just into it and I'll never release it. <laughs> <laughs> you would do that. But other than that, we are going to be doing Death Note next. Let's go. So oh, Death Note fucking owns. I am doing excited arm motions. I oh, still yeah. say you absolutely need to follow up Death Note with Platinum End. Their second series no! together. Yes. We could talk instead about the one shot where Donald Trump gets the Death Note. <laughs> or and those cool movies. You could talk about what if Death Note was trying to become God. I'm good. <laughs> I just want to hear people react to that who don't know anything about that series. It sucks to be Matt and John who have never seen Death Note and have notes duty on the first two episodes. Oh, <laughs> oh, <woof. laughs> oh my god. I'm just this motherfucker. So much to this cover. No, there's not. I can get you notes for those in like 20 minutes. <laughs> they need to be good. <laughs> Unlike Death Note, you mean? <laughs> Death Note fucking rocks. Death Note fucking Death Note is so good. Death the, Note whips. The only good version of Death Note is the three live action movies that were simultaneous. No! Mm -mm. Death Note is so good. No, no. Death Note is great. No. I'm sorry. Like, I'm let's sorry. be real. It does have like 16 year old boy edgy stuff baked into it, but that doesn't make it not good. Yeah. And the plot shits the bed all over the place, just violently. But, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's only after it's clearly supposed to be over and they said, hey, keep making this. It's popular. Mm -hmm. Keep mm -hmm. doubling the length of the show. Yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> I think I think it I think it fucking ends well, though. I, I yeah, it does. It yeah. does. That shit at the end. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. No. Yeah. It. it you know, Ooh, I, I know that the second half is lesser, but I still think it fucking ends great. I think the yeah, only <laughs> this is going to make Chris oh, has to. Uh, I'm like I'm gonna be watching Death Note, and the entire time I'm thinking, like, man, this is really giving me uh, Kaguya-sama vibes. <laughs> that makes me feel nothing because I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe I'll post something in recording text, but very similar vibes, like the the head games between uh Light and L uh, that you see on on this other show, which is just a goofy comedy about teenagers who don't want to admit that they like each other very good season three on right now yeah highly recommend what's the over under on this having lesbians in it do you think ryan <laughs> it's it's a hetero it's romance. Romance. this this one's a hundred percent hat there's no queer anything in this one it's just funny okay so the over is 1.5 then <laughs> all right but then again, there's also like at least 10 more like volumes. I, I've not read the manga. Who knows? Maybe it's in there later. I have no idea. There we go. It's hat. OK, that's that's what I thought. But got the disdain in your voice when you said it was incredible. It's hat. It was beautiful. <laughs> if anyone gets to pull that off, it's me. <laughs> I could call you breeders if you want. Would you like that? <laughs> Mm -hmm. I mean, technically correct. <laughs> Listen to these sex havers on their other shows, but you can find me at uh, hellscaper.com with all my projects. And I had something else, but I completely lost it while we were going off on that tangent and getting angry about anime. You can listen to my band, Canon and DeVaron, at canonanddeveron.bandcamp.com. 
You can listen to Ryan Nice Podcast Icons and Icons by visiting our Patreon at pitchdrop.cash and kicking in a little as a buck a month. It's this podcast, but about Final Fantasy XIV, the MMO. Gonna have some meme episodes coming out soon. Well, I guess episodes about memes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's all until next time. Well, we'll be talking about the end of Abel's Ark until we board the Elsa. Peace. See ya. Bye-bye. Goodbye, fuckers. Thank you.